thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. All right, here we are. Wine pod. A nev- this has never happened. We've done plenty of wine pods, but we've never been on camera for these wine pods. And the other thing... <laughs> The other thing with these wine pots is you have had the good idea of usually like, hey, let's, let's, let's have like a glass before we get started. And that usually would turn into like we'd cash the whole bottle before we yeah. start and we're like drunk before we even say hello. Now, I mean, this is this is full. We've not had anything yet. Yeah. You know what? I, I think I prefer the like we drink before we yeah, talk. Yeah, me too. But I do think it's going to be good to show. Show what we do here. That's why like, gla- we need to show the people what we do. I don't know why, like, for some reason, I'm like, these people think you're doubting us that we were actually drinking. And, like, I opened it and I put a little, like, cork in it because I want people to see and hear the, you know, that wasn't a good cork pop, but, like, I want people to know that we're actually, like, we're boozing. We're doing this, you know? Yeah, we want, it's it's fun to watch the, watch the it, wine come yeah, out. Watch the know? wine come out. And- Is this the, do we have the awkwardness uh, with no wine being, are we, like, at, remember, like, the first seventh grade dance you ever went to? Yes. The first dance with oh. girls when you're pseudo-interested in girls and, like, you, you don't know, everybody's don't playing get, the wall Yeah, you don't want to get to the middle. Because if you go to the middle, like, you, like, it's on, then you have to do it. You have to dance. Right. And that's a bad feeling. Right. Okay. I'm big on being even Steven. The one on the right is I need to talk into the mic when I'm doing this here, but no, the first, the, but what the, the, those dances, the first seventh grade dances, like by the end of them, you kind of, you're not full skill, like genuine pony. Kind of, you kind of are. <laughs> But it takes two hours to get there. Yeah, you but, even, I mean, there. but I mean, by the end, you're doing like the, you know, you know, okay, the awkward, so like hands I, on hips. Like this is what I don't Casey remember. and Jojo all my life play. I want to say, no, that's not I, I don't think that happened. No, I think I think that seventh grade, you never make it to the slow dance. Ninth oh, really? grade was the first time where we got ninth grade. It, got, it went down, dog. Ninth grade. Back it that went ass down. up had come out. I'm pretty sure Juvenile Back That Ass Up had just come out. Yes, I think that's probably right. Do you think they 99? played Juvenile Back That Ass Up? Yes, of course. At are. the dance, though? I mean, that's a pretty... Like, imagine right now you're you're in charge of the music, and it's a bunch of ninth graders. And are you seriously going to... Girl, you look good. Why don't you back that ass that's up? That's top, I mean, top 40. I think if it's in the top 40, <laughs> not like, we're going to X-rated radio here. Like, this was top 40 music. Rex and effects rump shaker? Yeah, these were all fine. But I think you just... You didn't really... I think... I just remember not a lot of like slow dancing. You didn't really dance with girls. You danced by girls. Yeah, I see. I thought I got a. I thought I had maybe, a. I thought I got a. I mean, maybe there was a no, slow dance. There was no grinding, and there was no on the slow dance. You kept a good foot of distance. I That's mean, you like were church dance. Church it dance. Was church dance, and like you never. I mean, it was never, never full fledged. Never came in. No, everybody had the ass out going. Yes, big it was time. a butt out. But but I remember that. By the end of it, though, you're kind of intermingling and you're like, man, that was awesome. It takes like two hours to yes. get there. And then you have so much fun. Then the dance is over. And you right. Well, that was fun. Wow. Next time we should just go out. And then you never. And then the next time, time it takes on the a wall. long time to do you, it. And it's yeah, I don't get the, it. You have to have guts as a guy to go out there and dance. The girls will all go dance with each other. Yeah. The guys stand there. Guys can't dance with it. Yeah. See, that's that's kind of be at like girls can go dance with each other and it's socially acceptable. Like. 
guys, you can't go out there with the, like the bros. Get off like, me, dude. <laughs> Don't grind me, man. Get the, the hell off me. But hold on. We have probably debunked that. As you mean, you have aged. Me and you got no problem going out there on the dance floor. Just us two. Yeah, but we, we do moves. We do moves. We don't <laughs> grind each other. Like well, girls of course not. We're not grinding. <laughs> girls go. We'll go out there and we'll do our moves. Oh, we'll do our thing. Yeah, we're dancing near each other and playing and gassing each other's moves. Yeah, yeah. Very well, supportive very, of one yeah, another. We like each other's moves, but, but there's minimal. I got a serious question for you. When was the last time you danced? Like really went out there and I, you danced? Well, Vegas pool party at some point, probably. But does that count? How, how many years ago was that? The, two years ago, probably. Two years ago. Uh, maybe. Where me and you were the only ones, by the way, the only ones at this pool party, the only ones that actually got out of the pool and walked over that party to fuzzy. the bathroom and peed in the bathroom. Oh, Remember all, that? They all peed Everybody in the peeing pool. in the pool, and it took us to leave. Like, hold, hold on. I almost wanted to grab the mic from DJ Mustard, whoever was doing it, and be like, hold on. Why are we the only ones going to the bathroom? All of you should be exiting the pool and going to the bathroom as well. There was a consensus in that pool. And the consensus was we're all peeing in it. And we weren't a part of that That's decision. Just, I can't do that. I used to whiz in the pool all the time when like I was a four. little kid. Like four. But like even now, I mean, I'm not whizzing in a pool. The pee to water well, here, content. Hold on. Let, I'm yeah. Let me okay, cheers, my friend. Cheers. Hey, cheers first, to everybody watching, listening. First wine uh, pod on, on the, video. the video. We're already off to a good start. We said we were gonna we're like six minutes in. We've I don't even this wasn't on the list of things we to do. We started talking about seventh grade dances and I was seventh grade dances were great. The ninth grade dance was the best, but and then high school dances were fantastic. But no, everybody's peeing in the pool in Vegas. That's gross. How is it? That's nice. Really nice. Yeah, it's good, right? Oh, yeah, Tempranillo. These are from Spain. So we're getting our Pau Gasol on, bro. Ricky Rubio up in this thing. I feel like I've got, uh, what's it called? The tilde? Yeah. <laughs> we we're, we got that Barcelona thing going on right now. Um, that, I'll say that, you know, we we had a, our one trip uh, to Europe. Yeah. Uh, your wife, me, you, and our friend Bub, we all spent about, what, four or five days in Spain. It's amazing. The, something about the wine when you're there it was oh, so good and that the whole siesta thing is real like yeah. the city shuts down at like four o'clock till six or seven o'clock and then everybody we went to, we had reservations for dinner one night at i'm pretty sure midnight. it was midnight yeah. we were eating dinner at like 12 40 it was bizarre. at night. It was bizarre, but I actually I think when you build in the nap during the day, it's kind of nice. That's kind of our you style. Just, I wish it, napping. I'm yeah. a grown ass man, but I still like if I can catch 20 minutes. See, but I'm one of those guys. See, are you like my wife can't do a 20 minute nap. She has to do like a 60 minute, 40, like 90 yeah. minute nap. I can do I can I can shut my eyes for 20 minutes and I'm good. I can do it all. I can do it all. I can nap you're a nap. You're a napping versatile but the, napper. Huh? Somebody told me that the nap. I mean, the uh, sleep specialists recommend you do thirty, or you do an hour thirty. You don't do an hour. It's something about you. You know the, the cycle in yeah, the middle of the yeah. You, you, it, so you don't I mean, wake up sense. groggy. That but makes I, sense. I feel like I'm like an hour is like my mark. I'm like that's. See, I can do I can do twenty to thirty, and I'm good. I just need that your brain shuts off for a second, then I'm ready to attack. Twenty's not enough. I don't. 
Sometimes that's all you can get, though. Doc. Uh, true. I mean, the power nappers, I give them respect for doing it. I just respect that. I, re- I respect people that are willing to just as an adult be like, I need a nap. I'm a full fledged napper, though. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's why me and you always room on road. I'm a classic napper. That's classic what we are. nappers nap a long time if they can. There's no question about that. So we have an unbelievable amount of questions came in. Shouts out to everybody that that participated. Facebook, Twitter, email, a bunch of awesome questions. Yeah, you can tell a great way to get the snapshot of people's mood and and kind of the the vibe of of where people are at is kind of what the the line of questioning is, the questions are like. A lot of Husker football, a lot of serious Husker football. We'll get into that. We got some silly ones to get into at the end. We wanted to save those so we can get get a little a little buzz before you have the this stupid is, questions. Are we gonna? Do we need to show the poor every week, or do you think we can come in hot? You know, I, I don't. I mean, I think, with a couple glasses down. Uh, I think I, people kind of want to see the. See I think the they want to see it from beginning to end. Or maybe we do a bottle, and then this will be the second. Maybe bottle. we do the pre-show. This is the pre. I mean, they do a pre-game show before the game. Do we need to do a? a, a yeah, we used a, to. We used to do pre-game. <laughs> in, in college. <laughs> we need to do before we got to the bars. We weren't it, going to the bars. No, you know, on, sober. Yeah. zero. Have another well Gatorade. Seventh grade dance. Crazy. You know? I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh. Okay, a couple of orders of business. You came in, I can tell you came in and you had a lot, like I can read you. You've got a lot on your test right now on a lot of different things with Husker football, with different stuff going on. Uh, I mean, do you have, because we're, we're now, what are we, two days removed from the game? Yeah. It, it, it's been an interesting couple of days here. I mean, I don't know how many conversations you've had with just like people around, you know, on the street. Um, I bet you I've had five to 10, just random, just chatting with people either, you know, what I work with or um, just on the street. And man, I mean, people are in it's a, bleak. It's a weird place right now. It's bleak out there. And I, I guess I'm not quite uh, to the place that everybody else is. And I, I guess I wonder why that is. Why is everybody so in the, in the, like the, doom and gloom that it's like it's over tight it's like it's almost like nebraska football as a um institution is gone it's right. like it's very it's very deep and dark what, what's weird is it was i think it was damon asked sam McEwen this question on the radio and it was a very it was a perfectly worded question of it's weird how everybody is kind of the reaction has been seen you know even frosted same movie seen this all before but yet everyone's reacting like they've never seen this before. Does that make sense? Which is kind of a weird thing like to, to kind of add up or kind of line up there. And I think I'd imagine it's because a lot of people just assumed there's been this assumption that it was going to be better and you hoped it would be better. And you, and some people, I know you talked yourself into it being better. And at least for one game, it wasn't maybe that's, but but it's still it's like there's 11 games left. There's 11 games left, and, and I mean, I watched the game. It, it wasn't as if we didn't have a chance to beat Illinois. It's like we made some terrible mistakes and gave away a game. I think those are still different things to me. Like if you are the team that should win, um, it doesn't excuse your bad performance, but it's still like you're not the team that shouldn't win. Right? Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. when we play Oklahoma, we shouldn't win. Right. But we should win against more teams than not. And that tells me that, like, we're still not, it's not doom and gloom yet if you're still the team that's like favored to win. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I guess, I mean, at least to a Husker fan who maybe, uh, and I, I could be just like way too much of a homer, but I still think if that's the case, then you can still, you can make the improvements. I'm just, I not, don't know. I'm just not ready to, I know we use the word obituary many times. I'm just not ready to go there yet. I think it's a mistake to go there. I mean, even on, you know, you listen to the Yahoo sports guys, Pete Thamel, Dan Wessel, Pat 40, they, they started their podcast first 10 minutes, just trashing Nebraska and then ended the conversation throwing out candidates for who the next coach is going to be. And it's like, whoa, what that, that just feels, I, I think, I mean, I get it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not naive to the, the situation, but, but even, even still, I, I'm not ready to start being like, who's the next guy. Whoa. I, I think as a, you know, as a fan base, cause that's what we are. We're all fans here talking about Husker football. And I think it's such a mistake to, to not try to, to defend the program and, and keep, you know, what we said we want to do is, you know, give somebody time finally. And I think it's such a mistake to fall into the trap of, you know, restart the clock again, like this weird thing that we always do and say, we're not going to do it. And then we do it again. Like that's what we're doing. Like we're overreacting and not letting something play out. Well, I, I agree with that. Now. Yeah. Like, let's say you get into November and it's been like, then, then yeah. if you want to go there, that makes a little more sense to me. I just think to go there now feels way premature. It does. And I think there's two, like letting it go through the year is letting it play out. But I think at the same time, I think when everybody is like, all they're talking about is fire, fire, fire. It, you can't, it affects things. It affects Hell yeah, what it happens. It, and it absolutely does. And that's the part where I go, if you're a Husker fan and you say you want to play it out, like you, then you should try to be supportive in a way, right? Like it's, I think it's like almost like a duty thing. Like it's your duty to try to be supportive and root for the program, show up to games. And you know, like I, that's the part I, I never understood is like, I'm just done with what I'm like, I think I saw it was like Adrian Martinez said something in the paper. He said like, you know, we're going to go out there and have fun. We hope people come out, watch us. It's foot. Like it's football, right? It's fun. It's football. Like I think they're, they're missing something about like, they're taking it too personal where it's like, it's, it's fun. It's football. Like you don't have to make it something that's, that's not or sure. Whatever. I don't yeah. Know. I know. It's just, a, it's everybody's in a weird state of mind. And there are a couple of things I wanted to hit on. Before, I mean, so far we haven't even gotten into one mailbag question here. Fifteen we'll minutes, get there. we'll hey. get there. Uh, it's good, huh? God, that's good. Right. Real, real quick, though, a couple of things. We don't need to go for, for forever on this. The whole, I, I'm sure you read the quote because it's it's flabbergasted a lot of people, including me to a certain extent. The whole thing with Frost talking about how he he mentioned after the game how we guessed they were going to be in an odd front and they came out in an even front and it, yeah. and it wiped out half our playbook that just seemed, we hit on it a little bit in the recap pod, but when you hear him, when, were you surprised to hear him say it wiped out half the playbook and maybe mm -hmm. I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill, you know, but that also just seems kind of like, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, that makes sense if they were expecting one thing and they had prepared to like the, okay, you got to throw out everything that you kind of thought it was, and here's the backup. Plan, but but right? my thing is, so all those plays that were four and and an odd front, you they're not, you can't. 
I guess I'm just surprised that there are, there are plays that you cannot, you don't know how to block or what to do. I think like I think it's just a little bit different than I, I remember. Like uh, if you th- if you think back to high school, it was like you had a play and you had rules, and they come out and didn't matter what what the defense was in. You're like, well, let's just. Oh yeah, this is, matter, yeah. You, you had your sort of rules, and but you only had ten plays or something. You know? yeah. So, but I think it's a little different w- with with their offense in the sense of you know it's a they're in a bad they're not in a good situation like they don't want to run into a bad situation potentially right versus like i think they have the plays they like versus each front and they don't work as well like so it's not that they can't run them right it's just like they feel like it's a bad play yeah that i I guess that's the part that it makes sense to me it's like well yeah you have the plays you like and the ones you don't it doesn't mean you technically can't run it you can right you just don't want to i've had this like dueling thing in my mind of like succumbing to the like you got to be kidding me is this guy a joke but then i'm also like but see this is this is the part where frost is like he was trying to be like the bill belichick in last week we give him nothing right and then he went back to giving him something and when you're losing they take that as this guy you doesn't know what, what you're doing. doing. And, uh, yeah. And that's where it's like, now it's like, well, don't say anything. Right. right. So I, I give people a lot of grace in these moments. I always just say, look, I know you probably didn't mean it in a way like the people are taking it. So I don't overreact to that. Okay. Uh, did you see today? Because there was a little bit of concern of like, is the, is the sellout street going to continue? Is it going to continue? A couple of, of donors bought up, I think it was 2,400 tickets. So the sellout streak lives for another day what i don't know if you and i have ever really like do you care about the sellout streak what do yeah. you think about the sellout streak uh, i care about it I, I think it's it's cool i mean it it's um it's not like the end all be all but like it's cool you can say that we've been doing something for generations and right. nobody else can say that and um I mean, what a, I think it's so smart. They, they buy up the tickets and they give them to underprivileged youth. So it's like, who's going to complain about it? That's, you? That's a problem. Are you going to complain? Because I what want a great move. Because you want to go, <laughs> oh, that's BS, a way to fib the sellout streak. But it's, it's going to teach, it's going to show these kids that they can be Husker fans. They're going to give these. Yeah. Acts. I mean, yeah. it's great. Right. I mean, hey, to me, it's like we're buying time to win some games finally. And then, like the streak will continue on its own, but right. it's been a weird couple of years. Let's yeah, be, it's been a freaking weird couple. My of analogy years. for the sellout streak has been: it's I can understand why there's a lot of people that hold on to the sellout streak hard because it's kind of the only, it's the last living thing that that combines the past to the present. Yeah, that's good. That's a good. And it's that that's hard to let go. And my analogy was when Hanks and Castaway gets he 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 gets on the boat to leave the island, and he has that moment where he takes us he he stands up and he looks back at the island, yeah. and it's starting to fade away, and he almost gets emotional because it's hard it's hard to let go of that. Yeah, but sometimes you got to let go of it. And so I don't know. I mean, I think the sellout streak is cool. I think we all know anybody that's been in the stadium knows that there's it's not been a complete sellout for a while. Um, it's kind of a sellout yeah. streak by technicality, but nevertheless, it's still their tickets sold. That's what it's really about. But I was I was really worried that it was gonna it was gonna 
be done this weekend. And it's, yeah. it's not, I mean, the, with the pandemic, um, with some of the just apathy setting in, like it, it was a perfect storm and for perfect. So yeah, I mean, shitty game after the loss, after a bad loss, people are loot. There's a lot of angst around the program, COVID new, new mask stuff with yeah. the stadium. That's a lot of stuff working against you for sure. And, and I, this is the part that you throw all that stuff out the door, all of it, the generation coming up, Nick. So the generation that's dying out, that's in their eighties and nineties, seventies, eighties, nineties, whatever. Like, they were Husker glory years forever, right? Oh yeah, truly. Like they they lived it. The generation coming up, they didn't get the the Husker glo like glory years. People younger than us, and even people our age, like you just don't think about buying tickets the same way. Like or you know, like you want to go. I want to go. I go every uh, every week. But you know, to pay a a big chunk of money, that's the part that gets a lot harder. Totally. Um, and parking and like it's it's a big deal. It's a it's big all commitment. commitment. And I think a, a a good chunk of people under thirty they don't understand it because they got so many other options. Right. The people that grew up were like, "What were you else were you going to do on the weekend?" Right. Right. And well, somebody said it's the only way to see the game too. You couldn't see the, the game. Only, imagine you, the only way you got to see Nebraska play was you had to go to the game. Yeah. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. So that 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 Nick, you just there's a there's a there's infinite possibilities for what you can do with your time now. Oh yeah. And I, it just wasn't that way. So yeah, you you couldn't see the game. You didn't have as many things to do, and. You know, like I said, it was it was the glory time, the glory years, right? And now it's just different. Like you have, we're not in the the glory years right now. We're in a down cycle, hoping to come out. Now to be well, the, and the, we just there's an infinite distraction. I'm not. I I think one of the. I'm curious to see what attendance looks like in 10 to 15 years across the board, not just for Nebraska right. football. I just think that's what I mean. Yeah. Like this isn't all, a, all teams, all sports, all teams, all sports. This isn't just, we're talking about Nebraska football. This isn't just a Nebraska football conversation though. Like it, it goes beyond that. Like, I don't care if you're Ohio state. I don't care if you're Michigan. I don't care if you're Alabama. Like it, if you're like the top school in the country, like you'll be able to sell tickets. But if you're not in the top five, like it's this next generation is just different. It is. It, they just don't think about the same way. And so like, it's going to be the, the big discussion was like, do all these stadiums that are 70, 80, 90,000, like ours, you go down to 50, right? So if you go from 90 to 60 or 50, like we'll sell out just fine. Like we'll have plenty of people that I think that's probably the right thing to do, to be honest with you. Well, it was so like we spent the whole two thousands expand, building, expand, building, expand, building, expand, building, expand, expand, you know, and then in, a, in a blink, the way we think changes. And well, think of right now, if all of a sudden you had to build a stadium, like you, you just had an empty plot of land, you're building Nebraska football's new Memorial stadium. The capacity would not be 90 to 85, 90, 95, and it's interactive. It's got, it's got the students are on your ass. You yeah. got alcohol, in alcohol, there. You yeah. got some restaurants totally. and you got some things that make it fun uh, outside of just the game. But like, yeah, I would, oh, the other thing I would do, I would sell out to making parking and like flow around the stadium. Easy. I think I'd have a place called uh, <laughs> tailgate land. I mean, seriously, though, where. It's just like the ultimate, like, I think you build a place. It's like, 
this is the ultimate tailgate. And I just, I think you, you, you build that area and you build, you get enough people together, enough city planners, enough smart people to develop the perfect yeah. traffic flow of the how flow, things move. Cause if the, I know I'm not, everybody hate, I've got to wear like, Parking will will keep my ass at home. Like if something parking, waiting, walking, like I have gotten lazy with that stuff. And if I know something's going to be simple and relatively quick and relatively fast, that's that will be like, okay, I'll go. I mean, we were we've been lucky enough that we've had a great tailgate spot. For, it was, mm-hmm. It's one of our family friends yes. spots and they've always let us have, have a one beer of them or two. And, yeah. Yeah. And so we have a parking spot there that we get to go to and. Um, it's caddy corner from the stadium. Yeah. It made a huge difference, but you got to get there early. I absolutely love it, but we got, you know, a good spot. And like, I guess it gets, it gets harder. Like you say, when you haven't established something with people, you know, um, but I, I think our generation would be, is, is really going to miss out if we don't, especially our our generation, the one younger, because I think our generation is still in, I think it's the generation just below us and below that, that are like, they're gonna they're gonna miss this. I know, and uh, I know. it's just too bad. Too bad they haven't got to experience it quite the same. Before before we go into the questions, um, the other thing I I don't remember. Did you? I saw there was some little nugget coming out of the Monday practice that they stopped playing music at practice. Did you guys listen to me? That's a new. You know, there's certain things new. like that. That I the music at practice thing did not. I think came around maybe three, four, five years after I was done playing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think um, like even the pros. Did you have it? The first time I had it was in the pros. Okay. I was at Cleveland, and they played music. They played rock steady. They played, they played rock. The- I told you about that, didn't I? <laughs> they played rock steady, and everybody was dancing in line. I was like, "This is great." I mean, but I had whispers. Was, rock steady. The whispers. <laughs> Got a rock steady. Rock and st- and we were all dancing, oh. and uh, that was the first time we. Ever, I was like, "This is amazing!" But it was only during warmups, like we warmed up, right? Like practice warmups, and then it was off during. The, I mean, you didn't all practice long, like have like. That's why I don't know. Are they playing? Are they playing music like the whole practice? I think a lot of it. That I mean, like I, you know, you don't want to be you know, Johnny No Fun, but at the same time, like. I, I don't. I, I want to say the, uh, the so the first time we incorporated sound ever was the Hawk Center. Yep. Callahan put in the speakers and made like blaring crowd noise. That was the first time we used. So like, there was a purpose for it yeah. for the game. But Nick, before that, like for football forever, nobody did that. No, that was the first time we were able to do that, and it was kind of bizarre. We're like, what is going on? You know, it's yeah. really weird. But yeah, now I think it's the norm. Uh, and I think here's the issue. Like it's kind of, it's, I've heard workout dudes say this, like the like serious workout guys, they won't put in, I, you know, their, 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 iPods, or whatever, their yeah. earbuds and, um, they don't want to listen to music because they think it's a crutch. Yeah. It's like a weird mental thing, right? They want to be as, as tough mentally as possible. So they don't listen to music. I think that's almost what's happening in Nebraska. You're like, Hey, no crutches at all. You're getting the silent treatment. Like well, I think bring I, your own energy. I know you got to bring your own energy. There's something to that. Yeah. I mean, now the, the counter argument is like, well, music gets people energized and it's still energy regardless of yeah. where it comes from. But at the same time, there is something to like one of the things that I felt like my role was 
every level of sport I played from playing with you, it, basketball growing up, Lincoln Southeast, football, basketball, even at Kansas Creighton was like, I was the energy giver. I remember Coach Self would talk to me about that. He would be like, get him going. Yeah. And I had to be the guy that come into, I'd have to come into practice, you know, bouncing, hitting yeah. guys, talking to guys, getting them up. Honestly, like the music would have like replaced me in some ways, you know? It, yes, yes and no. Yes, it it, it kind of uh, it's like say it's a crutch, um, and in a way, yeah, it, like it takes away from the interact. Like I think the there's something too. The other thing too is it 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 takes away from the the player to player connection bond communication of like you got to talk, you got to yeah. you do got to get each other up, you do got to communicate. Yeah. You know, you can't just be dancing to rock steady and that's it. You know, like you do got to kind of talk to each other and get each other going and connect. Yeah. So I understand all that. I mean, maybe we're like we're lame, but I under, I saw that. And I thought that was no, interesting. I, and I, I think it, I think it's like it's it's a psychological thing. Yeah, so I kind of I kind of understand it. Um, because there's a, there's a line like there's yeah. it's. You, you do want to get you got to bring energy and you got to get the energy up, but we're not this isn't dick around and dance to music and listen to music time. You know what I mean? I, I think here's here's the 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 truth of it, and let's be let's be real. When you play the music, a lot of times it does like lend itself to dicking around. It I does. It I does. know. I know. I would be. I would kind of yes fall trapped to that. But um, I think it's a. I, well, actually, I kind of like what they're doing. Is like, look, this is their issue is mindset. Yeah. It's like they've got a they've got a hurdle they got to overcome with this like we can't figure out how to get out of our own way. So they need to try some things. I agree. I'm fine with it. Like, so you, I. Hey, you turn off the music, like do some things, but we got to learn how to win games that are winnable, like last game and not beat ourselves. Right. And maybe that's stupid little things like turn off music. Go. You might it. as well try whatever, whatever you're doing, you know, you maybe need to examine what you're doing and be like, okay, maybe music. We need to, we need to look at that. Okay. You ready to do this thing? This I mean, wine oh, I told you, Pau Gasol. Shouts out to Pau Gasol with this wine here. I mean, goodness. Ricky, are you going to do it? Okay. This Ricky, this Ricky Rubio brand here. Oh, boy. Okay. Hook your boy up. A uh, couple of Facebook questions to get things started. Uh, Brett Altman, former offensive lineman, Night Pride. Shouts out there to Brett. Uh, he, this is probably for you. Bo, how'd the call with Frank go? We talked about reversing the curse on the last uh, <laughs> on, on the last recap pod. Do you, have you have you called Frank? We got a lot of people. I have multiple people like, okay, where and when is the first reverse the curse meeting? Like this, I was. Sometimes you never know if something's gonna like if people are gonna be a big fan of this or not. That's fine. Who cares? I spilled. We spilled. That's okay. Uh, it's hard. That can be tricky, but who cares? I, you never know if people are going to respond to it. People have liked this. I feel. I feel like truthfully, people want to hold like an event, get Frank back, and find, and and have like an official event where Frank. Nick, we it was weird because we like we it, we did not plan that. We literally just it came out of the blue, and I think after the pod was over, we we're like, I think that reverse the curse is something we really need to look into. Like, yeah, you know, in a weird um, tongue in cheek kind of a tongue way, in cheek, yeah, but not at in the same a weird time. way. I feel like everybody would kind of understand because if you've been through twenty years of this of the last twenty years of Nebraska football, you know that it feels kind of extraordinarily how bad things have gone in big moments. Yeah. The big games in the big moments where it went right for 40 years. We sort of just like, man, everything finds a way to go wrong. 
and we don't have good a good explanation other so than we're, we're going to blame on the curse. Do you know what? Well, and the 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 freaking Boston Red Sox they got out of their curse by acknowledging it. They acknowledged right. it and the curse did get reversed. If you I sometimes like to think about it like 500 years from now, some some archaeologists are like digging through and they find some Nebraska football, find hieroglyphics and you're looking through <laughs> stuff. You would they would look at this 40 year period and then they would go, what happened in 2004? 2004. It, lo- it appears something changed. It, what happened that year? There's a ghost. Asteroid hit. <laughs> the asteroid hit in dinosaur and... Frank Solich. We can only speculate. Frank Solich must have been a exploding volcano. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. Frank Solich. <laughs> what? <laughs> there was a global warming in 2004, and Nebraska football could not win against. <laughs> Oh, they probably uh, they find a mummy, a mummified like Callahan underneath your own. <laughs> Looks like Han Solo and uh yeah, they, <laughs> But but you would trace everything to that moment where it went wrong. They go, what happened in two thousand? What happened in two thousand four? Asteroid, global warming. <laughs> what what happened, you know? And uh, so I think we all need to acknowledge it. So yeah. <laughs> Asteroid. Is Frank Solich? <laughs> is Frank Solich a volcano? <laughs> we studied their language. Frank Solich is must be volcano. What happened to Nebraska? What that, why do they talk like this? Because it must they, have been a super. <laughs> okay, talking about exploding volcano. Paul on Facebook says, "Bo, do you have a favorite Frank Solich story?" Could be be recruited by him the, the wow. 2003 season. <laughs> when did you talk I to this exploding when Frank, when Frank became the exploding when he, when he was in the current form of coach before Volcano. Yeah, uh, I think if I had Sweating to put a, I think the wine officially hit us a little oh, bit. Yeah, that's good wine. <laughs> that's so good, though. I mean, Nick, that's so good. In the future, when they dig, when they dig up Nebraska football, so somebody digs out where they can dig out Memorial Stadium and it's a scroll, one scroll, and it's like what do they call it? papyrus. Papaya. They got papyrus and it's hieroglyphics. It's like different things, and they're like, "Ooh, what happened here? What happened? Frank here? Solich. Who is this Solich? Who is this Frank Solich? Why did he? What Why happened? did he go away? When he left, everything changed." Okay, sorry, okay. but okay, favorite Frank story. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key 
for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Favorite Frank story, probably my... When you committed? When I committed, yeah. I think I told it on the pod before, but like the one that always stands out to me was that because you know I was a stupid. I was a coming out my sophomore year, and I went to I went to Husker football camp, which was a big deal at the time, and like it was like full padded, but like you test, yeah, you do it all, like you play, you practice, and um, I had a great camp. I really had it like the best I had played. up to that point, probably my life was in a camp. I was oh, really nice. Played, yeah, I really was had a great camp. And but I was just, you know, 16. I wasn't thinking about anything besides like, wow, this is great. Now I'm going home. And right, right, right. And it was the last day of camp. And Frank walks up to me in stretching lines and he like, pulls me up and he says, pulls you to this office. No, he just, just pulls me out there right in the field. And he says, Hey, I just want to let you know, like you had a great <laughs> camp and uh, we went off you a scholarship and I was just like, you know, I was like shocked, but I just said, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> and apparently nobody does that. No one takes it on the spot. Nobody takes it. Everybody says, think about it. Talk I, I got to go get with my video people and my Instagram people before I, can... I got some videos to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like he, he he was even taken aback by like, I'll take it. And he's like, do you want to go talk to your dad or discuss no. it? And I was like, I go, no, I want it. <laughs> and I was, I, I was like, I can't believe I'm getting a scholarship. You were, you, I bet right Couldn't now, it. there's no way if we could ever get talk to Frank, you had to have been the easiest recruit of, of all time. You didn't have to recruit me. I was the easiest recruit in history. I bet a lot of teams. Now it was so early; a lot of teams probably didn't give a ch- had a ch- have a chance to even like recruit you. Yeah, but think about like I bet all these other schools went. Okay, hold on. His dad. They. I, I got uncle, letters. I got letters. Like people <laughs> knew not to waste their time because that's and, big. People go. People. That's big for coaches. They don't want to waste their time on a kid that you got no chance. Of and, I, and like now that I see like. I see my brother having to recruit and I see like how much work it is and how much like you pour into these relationships. And then they just like, eh, eh, and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you go, man, like I'm actually very happy that I didn't make a, like a coach like once every few months would call and I'd be like, don't waste your, t- just go recruit somebody else. Right. I'm coming. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I was just That's so, great though. So it's so straight happy up to have a, a scholarship offer. I was right. Like, great. Yeah. I'm in. Do you remember what you you came home? Did you call your dad immediately? Like, you remember? I, I remember I talking called, to you. We were at the snack bar eating chicken strips, and you told me. I mean, were you like, are you kidding me? I, I mean, mean, I yeah, I was. We, we weren't even like, we barely played football the year before for Southeast. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it was it was weird, but. We just went to the ninth grade dance a couple, we had a couple just years ago. It out. Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I called my dad, and I, you know, he was like, he was like wow, really? Yes. Like. That's exciting though, but yeah. I, yeah, that's the easiest. Has to be the easiest recruiting story in the history yeah. of, of. I was for, the for earliest. I was the earliest recruit I, ever. Is that still? I think Cam Jurgens might be the earliest. Cam gotcha. I think he might have. Wow. So did he like during his sophomore year? It would maybe have to be during his sophomore year because I was just after my sophomore. Year. You'd have been in June of June two thousand two. 
1001 maybe yeah wow that's crazy um yeah andy on twitter says after doing the husker husker classic recap pods what one defining trait from the program in the past in your opinion would best translate to today and help turn all these close losses into wins assuming the current team could adopt that one trait to me, I, the first thing I wrote down was special teams. What you you give me I, I shit thought, every I thought special pod. teams too. Okay, but yeah, but I guess there are a lot of things you watch with these old games. And if you haven't gone back and listened to these Husker Classic recap pods, I'm so I hope when they're digging it out, they're like, "What is Rick Husker Classic recap? <laughs> Why he love punters so what, much? What he love Darren Erstead? Wow." But why he talk about kickers so Why he often. loved him so much. He gave player the game to punter. But, <laughs> but honestly, every one of my players of the game is like the what punter. What country are these people? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm always, there's a lot of things you you watch with these old games and you go, man, they were good in the D line. They were good in the O line. Uh, the the play calling situationally was really good, whatever. But I'm I'm not so sure something that does hasn't also jumped out of me that I maybe wasn't expecting it to is the special teams. Just yeah. how seemingly every game Nebraska wins the special teams field position battle, and they loom large in a lot of these games. And to me, I know that's a convenient thing because right now special teams is struggling so much. Yeah. But it's the honest to God's truth of like when I watch. The, the best of the best of, of Husker history, their special teams, man, were on point. That's the, that's That was absolutely the case. Is like We'd watch these Husker Classic games, you know, 93 Florida State, 94 Miami. Um, 97 Missouri, 2001 yeah, Oklahoma. 94 Colorado. 94 Colorado. And like every time we're blown away by the special teams. Yes. It's like, especially the punting. The, the punting, punting is, is incredible. I mean, the field goal kicking's like fine, fine. But the punt game is always immaculate. It's like pinning people inside, turning over the field. It's never a concern. Um, and we usually had some good kickoff teams, good kickoff. Like we've always the returners had some. Dewan Gross, Damon yeah. had some wiggle to him. Like Dewan, Dewan Gross. Gross. I'm ready. Dewan Gross, shoot. you just go. That's uh, that, that can be your offense. Oh, I love me some Dewan Gross. So I would say, but you with me? Are you with me on that? I'd say special teams first, and then I don't know. Take turn, can turnovers be a category? I don't know. probably. I mean. Yeah, I think that's the main one because there's also this element of like anytime there was that big play, they made it. You know, mm. I mean, mm. but that's I mean, that's a little harder to kind of quantify. At Mr. Bill on Twitter says, how frustrating is it when you work on something all week long and then when it comes to game time for some players, it just doesn't happen between the ears. Is that probably talking about Cam Taylor Britt? Or is that talking about? Uh, yeah, just about, I mean, I'm sure ever I'd I'd have to imagine it kind of applies to a lot of I different. Think, I think I'll I'll take the you work on something all week. I'd say this: they worked on special teams. Uh, they worked their butts off on special teams all spring and all fall. I mean, they've really worked on it, and they laid a freaking egg with yeah. special teams. That has got to be like. Oh, that of of all things might be the most demoralizing is they they biff a couple kicks they you know the, obviously the Cam Taylor Britt on the the inch yard line and it's like you're it, those are the things you just go uh, it's so demoralizing 
I think, especially in the moment where you think about all the work you put in. So yeah. hopefully they can bounce back from that. But man, Nick, I know they worked hard. Of, on uh, yeah. Like, like not like no joke. They were working way harder than the average team because they're like, this is one thing we're going to do well. And they laid a freaking egg still. Let me ask you a question because some people have, have talked about this and it's real, but it also, I want to get your, where your mind was with stuff. They've talked to, some people have talked about like, you start working on special teams and then you go out, you, you lay an egg and how the players need to gain confidence in this coaching staff that like what they're teaching them can translate to success on the field. And while I agree like that, just that premise, it's hard to disagree with, but I also, and maybe it's because I was maybe, maybe this is just me, but when, if Coach Altman or Bill Self or Chuck Mazursky or Jeff Smith, whoever, preached something and then it didn't work in a game, I didn't turn around and go, you didn't, you, this is your fault, Bill Self, Dane Altman. I blamed me. I blamed us. And maybe that's because I, they, I don't know. I, does that make sense? But, like, but, but, I think we but painted Connor, like these Cam Taylor Brits, like, it, like they didn't teach, no, you, like, like, Cam Taylor Britt is feeling it on him. I, yeah. I think that's like the the misconception is like I think people like want to paint that out as like that's a coaching error. Like the, the reality is like Cam Taylor Britt feels awful. He's a great player. He wasn't coached to do that. He wasn't coached to do that. He made a mistake. Uh, and that's unfortunate. Connor Culp, all Big Ten kicker. He feels terrible. He missed two extra points. But like that's on the players. Like at some point, I think what you're saying is like the players are responsible for doing the things they know they should do. Yeah. Like those I, aren't, those are th- extra points and catching the ball inside the 10. That's high school stuff. That's grade school stuff. I'm, that's I was stuff thinking about this know. side note though. I was thinking about this. I don't remember ever missing an extra point in high school. Do you ever remember us missing an extra? Now we weren't the, I was the holder. It's not like we were, but I'm just saying, I don't remember. Not that I remember. I don't remember it, but that just goes to show you how elementary it is. Nick, two in a game is, is, is crazy. It's, it's, I mean, you look at statistics, it's a, like you don't see that almost ever. No. So, and maybe I'm sounding hypocritical here because there are times where, you know, I, I can remember certain times like we played Michigan State my freshman year, one of the first big games when I was playing. I sat on the bench the whole game, but I was a freshman at Kansas. But like, I remember that was the first, like, we're installing the game plan. It's like, this is in Michigan State, there's Tom Izzo. Allen Fieldhouse is rocking. Coach Self, you know, we we got this plan. We're going to trap the post. We're going to do this, whatever. And then it works, and we win. And yeah, your your belief in the staff increases when that's the case. Yeah. But so I think that can be true. And while someone would say, "Well, if that is true, the opposite can be true," and I guess what I struggle with is, I, I guess most athletes, if they're worth a darn blame themselves before they're going to blame a, a, a coaching practice regimen. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, to, to Mr. Bill's question about like how frustrating is it to, it, it's frustrating, but I think it's more frustrating internally than it is like anything uh, else. Nick Cam Taylor Britt, like that guy's a legitimate NFL yeah. prospect and he's, He's pissed off at himself because now he looks bad. I mean, he was, I think, a little bit, a little rattled maybe the rest of the game. Like, he needs to, like, hopefully he gets over this and gets back to, like, playing confident. Like, 
I, like, I, I hope he's our punt returner, and I hope he. Yeah, I hope they don't just well write I, him off. He, he's been he was but out he's, there. He's he been but Nick, he he took first team reps this week, which tells you like right, that, which I think is the right move. Like confidence, we want you to play. We want you because we need a playmaker back there. But you know, like guy like that, like you don't want to lose confidence. You want to lose confidence that you're a freaking the freaking dude. Like he was, he went into like the reason why he probably went and got that ball. It's not because he was underconfident. It's because he was yeah, overconfident. No question. Like he wants to be the guy, and I I'd rather a guy that wants to be the guy than a guy that's scared to make a play. Totally so agree. That's where we we want to balance to like, hey, like be smart, but the guys that can do it, we need to be out there doing it. This next question, I'm going to kind of DV. I'm, I want to take it somewhere because I I think it's interesting. But Jeff, everybody, as apparently people want to talk to you today, he goes, Bo, what is your take on on the seemingly undisciplined play for the of the Huskers over the past few years? Penalties, mental mistakes, lack of discipline, execution. Statistically, it doesn't seem to be improving. Please share what your Husker and NFL coaches and teammates did in practice to build the confidence and improve the execution that is the key to eliminating uh, the present issues. Do you have any quick answer on that? Because I have something I want to. I tell you, I'll tell you the New England Patriots what they did. Penalty, Belichick would yell, "Take a lap. You're out. You run around the field." I don't know that. Um, I mean, you harp on execution, you harp on discipline, um, and you can pull guys out if they don't play. But I mean, in the end, it's like I think it's a little bit harder. Like when you, I think it was maybe Dirk that said something like this. He's like, when you aren't a dominant physical player, you're more apt to make mistakes and penalties. And I think we're still in that, like we're 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 trying to get past that. Yeah, where's that line of where's the line of like of mental and physical leading to yeah. penalties or mistakes? Yeah, like if you're a six seven, three hundred forty pound first round draft pick tackle, it's easy to not hold. You don't have to hold right because you're just big and. But like when you're not quite strong enough. And they're stronger than you and faster than you. You hold more. So I think there's a line. We're getting bigger and faster and stronger and more talented. But I don't know that we're quite there yet, uh, skill-wise and strength-wise. And like, so I, I think it's you, it's some of it you practice it practice, and some of it is like who's better. Totally agree. To, and that's pretty much my answer. But I have like I do think there's something to uh, you talk about Belichick doing the lap thing. I remember vividly. We lost to Iowa State on Big Monday at Kansas. And Coach Self said, tomorrow, 6 a.m., we're putting, remember, as you can have four hours a day. It was yeah. a four-hour rule. He goes, we're going to put four hours on the clock. And we're not leaving until it's all zeros. And you're like, fuck. And then also we walk in there and we see there's two treadmills being wheel, wheeled in on the sideline. And any time, Missed blockout, turnover, missed assignment, didn't screen, whatever. It was you'd go over to the treadmill and they'd have it on like 10, 12 miles per hour. And you had to, you know, sprint for, they said a minute, but they, I mean, they did it till your ass almost fell off it. And so that'll, that'll make you shape up on a variety of levels. Cause number one, you don't want to go to that treadmill and sprint. Number two, you don't want to wake up at 6 a.m. and practice for four hours. I'll tell you what, man. So, uh, I, I so like I that. I like that. Nick, I don't know. Do kids 
I don't know. How like, did Keith handle that today? I don't know. And I don't know if do people do that nowadays. I feel like you can't go there as much as you used to. Because I remember talking to Jeremy Case. We know Jeremy. who you know, Jeremy's now in a full-time assistant at Kansas. Just got yeah. hired. Full-time assistant. He was their video coordinator. He's full. I played with Jeremy at KU. But I, I called a couple of Kansas games last year, and, and we were talking. Jeremy's like, man, coach, coach is gone soft. They don't, like, they don't do what we, <laughs> we used to do. And maybe there's just every year it gets a little harder to be like that. Nick, when you can but, transfer, when you can transfer at the drop of a dime and you don't have to sit out and – I just think it, it makes it it puts way more of the power in the players' hands and the coaches have to walk a finer line. It's hard to coach hard now. And so in the before we played I'm t- I feel like this is like people give me shit that all I do is tell stories about at Kansas, but it's like I mean I played for a Hall of Fame coach and it's but it's there's a lot of things that I'm gonna land yeah, the plane. Yeah, here. Roy and Bill self. I mean, yeah, I mean, and Dana's but, Dana, but like, and Dana's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So, you know, but, but like but those years at Kansas were amazing. We're transformative, years. you know, like, but the other thing was even he, coach self didn't like the way we were rebounding and he thought we were soft. He always thought we were soft. That's his big thing. Like the number one thing people talk about, like he, he demands toughness. Like he's, love you would love, you actually, you and, you and Bill self, like see the world very similar. No. Yeah. You two need to get together and hang out. because soft you guys people. Out saw, there. <laughs> yeah, that's his whole thing. It's a lot of people soft. need to get hard. So soft. I love it. But we were going to play Georgia tech, Jarrett, Jack, and those guys on new year's day. And they were a pretty physical team. And he kicked us out of practice and said, come back tonight at like seven. We're going to practice like men. We come back into to the practice facility and we have shoulder pads and helmets on the baseline. It says put a put a help, put a shoulder pads on a helmet on. We did rebound four on four, basically just like crack skulls. I was amazed because you've told me this before, but I was amazed at that story because oh. I've never heard of basketball players putting on pads. And like smashing heads, smashing each other for for an hour and a half. I'm talking just we put the the they put the little like plug like in the rim. So yeah. the ball couldn't go and coach Silva just shoot it. and It would come off at four on four. You smashing dudes. I just like Nick. I'm trying to imagine. 2021 college <laughs> basketball, college basketball players. These trying to do that toothpick dudes. Right. Doing that drill right now. Right. And like actually going all out. People are, people are hitting each other. I feel like I just, I can't even. I know. Up. I don't know. But I get, I bring that up as another, another like, okay. When you get in the game and that shot goes up, better find a body and, and, and yeah. box out. There are things that stick in your mind, right? right? Those, the, the, what that did didn't like, it didn't actually teach your body anything. It taught your mind something. It taught your mind that like, it just hardened something in there. We're like, it, it set a tone where we understand. We get what you're trying to say. Not only do you get it, but you also go, I don't want to do that again. Yes. So well, I guess what I'm getting at is how my, co- I can only speak to my coaches, Coach Altman, Coach Self. The way they tried to deter and eliminate and instill an environment where you didn't make mistakes was a little bit of fear. A little bit of like, you don't want to, we don't want to do hardest shit drills for four hours. We don't want to do it. So there's a little bit of that. But here's the thing that's so interesting to me. When we think about Nebraska football's program now, how there's Jeff's question, what there's a lot of undisciplined, blah, 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 blah. The thing that's so interesting to me is how you can, you, 
you go, okay, well, what's happening on in practice to for players to be held accountable? But then you think about Xavier Betts and Sevion Morrison not getting on the field, yeah. not playing because they didn't practice correct. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's there is a there is a perfect That's example a yeah, a of line. like how they're trying to instill and coach discipline and the right way of doing things. But yet it still is permeating in the games. You see what I'm getting at? How there's this weird. So it's weird. People are criticizing them for not playing guys. Isn't that funny? And then they're like, why aren't we more disciplined? We're like, well, we're not playing the more talented guys because we're trying to like preach discipline. But then that's what's funny. People yeah. want to have it both ways. They want <laughs> they to talk about ways. you. You, you got to have guys that do it the right way, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you put the guys on the field that who cares if they're not doing it the right way? It's yeah. like, well, it's kind of how it goes. So I, I, I know it's very layered and nuanced, but uh, there's a lot there, there's a lot in that to to kind of digest and assess. I think that was um, a long answer that we gave. I know that was a super long one. Sorry, I told I had Nick Boss story time there. Um, I got there's a couple of questions. Uh, Dutch, I can't be his name. Shouts out to your old dog Dutch, but. Um, he he basically because I had a couple people asking about uh you know adjustments. What makes for good halftime adjustments? Says I hear all the time people say Scott, a really Nebraska coach, since Osborne doesn't adjust. What happens at halftime at either basketball or football with this? And I first will say I think this isn't meant to this is gonna come off like really arrogant, but I feel like there are two crutches for people that don't know how to talk about the game. They complain about the refing and they just throw out adjustments. Like when people don't, when people want to engage in a conversation about sports, but they really don't know what the f they're talking about, they yeah. they go to talking about. You believe I've had the officiating one, I'd ref. Yeah, what were they doing today? It's like okay, like all right, or it's adjustments. Not they never make any adjustments. It's like give me one example yeah. <laughs> of one adjustment you would like to it's see. It's so hard when you're not, when you're not in like the locker room behind the scenes, when you haven't put in all the hours of like coming with the game plan and like, of course they make adjustments. Like they do, like they have a game plan. They have adjustments. Now do some people adjust better than others? Sure. Absolutely. Do some people adjust faster than others? Sure. But like, to say we don't adjust, like, of course we do. Like, right. We do. But um, it, I think it's just, it's hard when you're not in there. I mean, even me, like you say, like, if you were to ask me, like, what are our adjustments? Like, well, I, I don't know. Like, you're not in there and go like, well, we're shifting our nose tackle out a whole nother gap and doing this, you know, like, who knows? Like, I don't know. It's like, in, unless you're in there, it's, it's too hard to see. Um, it's usually not that obvious, right? Right. No, like, well, hey, we 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 came out and shotgun, and then we went to power eye all second half. Like, it's like nobody does that, right? I mean, I think I think you know if there's something that's happening that is clear, like whether the jet sweep in the 2012 Big Ten championship game, like trying to figure out a way. But sometimes the there is no adjustment. You just got to get it done. There's a fine line between yeah. th there are times the solution lies in X's and O's. Like you, you, there's times at halftime, you need to come to your players with a solution. Like guys, we are now going to 
line up like this. We're now passing this guy off or we're going to in basketball. We're now we are not going to trap the ball screens yeah. out here. Like sometimes the solution is that sometimes the solution is you got to get it. You got to get off that block or you got to set the edge yeah. or you got to hedge that screen and get back. It's usually not much. It's usually like we're, we're going to switch like how we cover something like right. instead of doing um, like instead of doing like uh quarters here, we're going to cloud like we're the corners pressing and the safety's deep. Like, right. Those are like little adjustments that you wouldn't even be able to see until like, unless you were talking to like the coaches, but all, the, the all time best halftime adjustment I've ever seen that I will stand by was Bo Pelini's first game at Nebraska. Really? Yes. This one is so vivid in my mind. As a head coach or a DC? DC. And this is where Bo, Bo Pelini won the hearts and minds of, of all the Nebraska players. Uh, that offseason and that first season of his, he was so good. He was so good in every way you could imagine. But that first game, playing Oklahoma State there, a good team. It was like, it was an important game, right? Yeah. It was like Frank was like, whoa. Brent, was Brian that Barrett's staff, scoop and score game? Barrett has scoop and score. Yeah. Um, defense played unbelievable. Yeah. But Pelini, they like he gets it at halftime. They had he like goes, he goes, the first thing he says is like, guys, they ran a play that was like they're gonna come back to it. He goes, they didn't complete it, but it was open. They're gonna come back to it. He goes, in the first series, they're gonna come back to it. If they line up like this, they're gonna run the back out across the field. They're coming back to it. And I swear to God, in the first, the first series they got the ball, they ran the exact play. We we're waiting on it. And we killed it. And everybody was like, This guy right. gets it. Like it was a halftime adjustment where he said, Right, they're not only this is what we're gonna do, this is what they're gonna do. And I'd never seen anybody call the shot of wow, the play. Cool. Yeah. And so that was something that always stuck with me is like, it's not just like the plays that do work against you. It's the plays that could have worked against you that didn't, that the offensive coordinator goes, I'm going to circle that, that and I'm coming back after him. Wow. And that was like a next level for me where I went, oh, okay. Right. Because I, you know, it was a lot. I was a freshman going like trying to take it in. But right. Bo Pelini took himself like, to another tier because he 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 did yeah. that he went to the next level there can Whoa. be moments like that i mean there's no no doubt that you know again i feel like we talked about getting confidence in the staff like there are moments like that like yeah. and, and maybe scott needs to have a moment like that with this team where people go oh boy i think scott needs to win a big game is what yeah he needs to. right because you know right. at central florida he won he was 13-0 but the auburn game I think the Auburn game where he won. Yeah, people he, went. He beat a team that they go, Central Florida shouldn't beat Auburn. Right. Central Florida beat Auburn. Right. And I think that's what Scott needs. He needs to beat a team. It's it's crazy you say that because that that's, I'll paraphrase, Graham emailed and basically asked that. I'll just give the Cliff Notes his version because he says, says, uh, says, hey, Nick, big fan of the pod, all you've done. Uh, he goes, I think my first experience with you was was when I was probably about 12 years old at Creighton basketball camp, and he had us doing defensive slide drills. It's all been up from there. But he brings up, he goes, as an unapologetic Jasker fan, I can't help but compare my two favorite teams, Creighton basketball and Nebraska football. Now, I don't know how close you follow this. He goes, he said, if you remember back to Marcus Zagorowski's freshman year, so this would have been three years ago, the good, their, their star point guard, who I think is the best point guard to ever play at Creighton. Because we had a lot of games against good teams where we play well, but right at, but 
and be right in the game, but a, a couple of late game mistakes cost them a, a few times. And then he pro- talked about how Creighton was able to beat number two ranked Villanova towards the end of the season. And it feels like Creighton taught themselves how to win in that game and build this. We can beat anyone mentality. Said so getting back to Nebraska, do you think getting the program turned around is as simple as winning one huge game? Oh, I it would do it would do wonders. It, if they could ever win against Oklahoma, an Oklahoma, an Ohio State, a even Wisconsin. You go to help. Wisconsin and win this year. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they've almost beaten Wisconsin a couple times. But if you can beat Wisconsin. And even Michigan, even though Michigan's down, but just beating Michigan would help. Um, you beat one of the f- three or four best in the conference, uh, or like an Oklahoma. I'm j- I, I I really think it would change things. I agree. But we have we have been we haven't had the blueprint yet. I don't know. I know. But but I do think there's something to that. Like again, we've talked about it before. The only they're trying to become a winning program. They're trying to be learn how to win. The only way to do that is probably to win. Got to win. Got at some point, you got to win some of these games. You got to win, and you got to get some momentum. We totally. can't get momentum. It's just been it's been tough. Uh, I, we circled this one because we wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit. Tom says, "Why stick with Adrian Martinez? Time to start fresh. Can't get any worse. It can get worse. It could get way worse. <laughs> if you don't play Adrian Martinez, it will get way, 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 way worse. Stick with Adrian Martinez. That's, that's an what's easy answer. Yeah, like that's where because there are some people." that will that watch Nebraska and go, you got it. You can't, they're not going anywhere with Adrian Martinez. You got to sit him down. You got to sit him down. And to me, I go, yeah, he may not be, he, he may not, he, he may have his shortcomings. He's not, not may, he does have his shortcomings, but when you look at the context of the situation, all you got to do is think about what Brett Bielema said. We're worried about two. He said, we felt like there was one guy that could beat us. Number two, that's Martinez. And so to me, I under see this one's so hard. It's like two things can be true at once. Like I see all the shortcomings, the turnovers, the backbreaking turnovers, missing open guy. I see all those things, but I also see an offense where if, if Martinez doesn't make some, if Martinez is not on the field, I don't know how they move the ball. If he's just handing it off um, or they're running just basic plays, I mean, I, I just don't know who else we're going to. Like, I mean, he he really is. This offense is based around like that guy being dynamic and making it happen. And sometimes he doesn't make the plays, and we lose. But like, I don't know what we do without him. I really don't. Yeah, like, so it, it's I, a, I, I'm I'm it's with a worse you on option with him out. Like, I totally agree. It's a, that's an easy answer for me. Like, nothing against the backup quarterbacks. I think the the kid from from Carney. Hey, hey, get your hands off my Heine. Heine, yeah, is got some. You know, he's got, got an NFL arm, but he is two years away from like we we don't want him to play until he is like gotten used to the the D one level. No question. But that guy's got talent, but we don't want him now. We want him in two years. Yes. So we're we're in lockstep on that. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. Everybody that knows my athletic background, you know, as a quarterback in high school, but you know, I believe in establishing the run game. And even more than that, I believe in establishing the runs game. That's an original runs of cheeseburger, some onion rings, double dipped in a homemade batter, little bit of a pop to top it off. You know, in football, you establish a run, but at lunch you establish the runza. It's just that simple. So get out to runza today and establish the runza game or 
Check out the delicious salads. You got the chicken bacon ranch salad, sweet berry chicken salad, and my personal favorite, the Southwest chicken salad. You got to get out to Runza, establish a Runza game, or get a salad. Either way, you are going to leave satisfied. Runza makes it all better. What next one do we want to go with here? Uh, man, we got some. Are you are we ready to go to like kind of crazy Let's go ones? Weird. Let's get. You want to get crazy with yeah. it? Uh, Rmac. Is this on Facebook or Twitter? This is on Twitter. I kind of cheated on this one a little bit. It says best '90s music videos. Ooh, ooh. Now the first ones that there are a couple that came to my mind right away, but then I googled '90s oh, music you videos. Googled? I googled. You cheated. I did. Okay, this is good though. I I need some. I need. And there were a couple of them that I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. For me. The first music video I thought of that really it's not in any it's not going to make any top 100 top 50 all time music video. But for me, because it was like one of the first songs that I was just obsessed with, I've always loved the Mo Money, Mo Problems music video. I'll give you that one because it was like the camera was was like it it came out. It was like a bubble camera. And it came out where it was. It was, he was golfing, it was Puffy yeah. Woods. He was, you know, made a putt and they go nuts. The, yeah, it was flashy. The, the, I've always loved that music video, but it was more about yeah. the song. That was that kind of, that's a song that encapsulates the 90s yes. in a good way. Like I remember that a lot. I just remember feeling, the reason I thought of that one is that was one of the video. I love that song so much that I would go out of my way to watch MTV and BET to, because to, I wanted to hear that song so bad that I watched that video a million times. There's not a music video I've watched more in my life than that music video. Because I like that song so much. Okay, but now I'm trying to think of just like, okay, the classics, like the, the most. Yeah, we're talking 90s. So we're, we're not talking, talking Thriller. No, Thriller's day. I'm talking, so 90s, you start going through early 90s. You got Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. That, that was, was number one the on cheer- the list. Okay, so that's like, you know, they're like the grungy cheerleaders. And like that one, I that was one of the first that came to my mind. Because um, it is iconic. It is. It set the tone for the sort of like the grunge era. Um, yeah. Well, for the first prerequisite for any of these is when I say the name of the song, can you immediately think of the video? Okay. Now, like the, if that's the case, then it ha- like that that should be just that just gets you in the conversation. Yeah. Well, so now we're talking about gin and juice, uh, like Dr. Dre. Nothing but a G thing. Nothing but a G. Like those ones are that West Dre Coast Day, thing. Yeah. California that, Love. That's a visual. Like that thing took over the country. So that's an important one as well. Um. I'm like I'm picturing some Britney Spears. Well, I mean, as, as she was big, and that was hit like me, baby, one thing. more time was a pretty big music. Because she was showing Belly. She, yeah, yeah, that was Belly was big in the '90s. If you the show, Belly decade, uh, let's talk about some Belly. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christina Aguilera, Genie in a Bottle, a lot of Belly going let's on. Let's give the OG to Belly. Do you know who the OG to Belly is J Lo? No, it ain't J Lo. Who's the OG to belly? I'm, the I know OG to belly. I mean, I'm trying to think of Madonna, Janet Jackson. Well, they probably showed belly, but do you know who it really was? Shania Twain. Oh, yeah. Shania. Shania's got it going the, on, dog. Shania was the good country girl. Yeah, but she bellied it Shania up. Shania showed midriff and all the like, uh, the like <laughs> farmer's gram- grandmothers were like, she ain't nothing but a. 
Yeah, she is, she is. She ain't nothing but a hussy, and I don't wholesome. care. Yeah, I don't care to see her songs. Yes. You know. Yeah. But Shania, you know, who's as sweet as pie, but she like, you know, uh, she yeah. she showed some midriff, and that was like scandalous. Was that the, the you don't impress me much video? No, that was it was like years. You're still the that. one. Do I know too many Shania? Have I already You're eclipsed yeah. my? <laughs> No, no, and no. Do you mean that she's the one video? She's I mean, the one, no. Uh, this is like early to mid '90s. Shania started showing belly, and that was a big, you know, it was a big deal. I got a great belly one for you. Give me one, because I do this one. I was on the it was on the list that I googled, but I was like, oh yeah, because I kind of sneaky like this song too. <laughs> Alicia Silverstone <laughs> in the Aerosmith crazy, crazy video. That's good, Nick Buck. Give me some of that shit. Doc. That first of all, that song's good. I kind of on the low low, your boy kind of digs some '90s Aerosmith. Oh, Nick. and Dream On. Yeah, Dream On's good. Dream On's fantastic. But good but, call though. That's that's a forgotten gem. Is those? I think Alicia Silverstone might have done like two, two. Aerosmith videos, and she crazy like, and uh, crying maybe. Yeah, but that but. Cause she does the bungee jump thing and she's got like oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, great, great music. I mean, great. I urge everybody to Google that video. It's a great video that, that one, but then there are two other ones but, that came to me that I don't know if one you'll know one. I don't, I don't know if you'll remember, but the other one was for some reason, the guns and roses, November rain. That's, that's iconic. A yeah. pretty iconic music. That's video. iconic. That was a big time one. Do you remember Jamiroquai virtual insanity. There you go. That's that's a great one because that is the treadmill um, visual. It was like it was innovative, uh, good song. It's the perfect um, music video for the song too. It was late nineties. Yeah. Sort of a, that was the look of the late nineties. Right? And it's virtual insanity think, and things are I like think late nineties, early two thousands might have been the worst fashion period. It's so bad, it's really bad, terrible. Right, it's really it's really terrible. Bad. Even like grunge, I like think is better than late nineties. I agree. It's like, but late but there was yeah, the, his outfits were very nineties. Well, even think about the Backstreet Boys. That's that stuff looks terrible, right? Those guys were you know the, they had the the hair. That's terrible. Yeah, it was bad. I always hated that. That was pretty. Bad. Even the moment I was like, I know I don't want this. <laughs> well, you know what I was trying to think of though. What was the ultimate? We are because we were teenagers in the for the late nineties. What was the ultimate video of like you know? You're seeing some, it was very provocative and you're like, whoa. All right. Let's think. I mean, I think when you, cause we've already talked about the belly, but I'm trying to think of the very first Jay, when JLo did her first video, she was shaking things and we were like, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> 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 excuse me. Hold on. Uh, I have to stay in this you room. You to call it a timeout <laughs> in life. <laughs> uh, when was Shakira's first video? 2000s so that's probably too late um yeah, we're talking 90s here yeah uh yeah i think christina Brittany, um so madonna in the early 90s was doing some things we're like she was doing some things like, what's she, going on what's advanced. happening here you know she was doing like she had leather on and we were like we were like eight we're like what is that <laughs> <laughs> why is she leather we don't know we don't know why that's going on here but Something. Why would you do that? Why would you do something like that? Yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> why has she got one of them horse whips in her hand? Yeah, why like, on earth would you do that? I don't understand it. Well, somebody explain that to me because I don't understand that. 
<laughs> She's got some of them horse whips, but okay. Oh, I do remember. Uh, I think it might have been Spinderella on what a man spit her whole verse on like a rug. Like it was like a bearskin rug, and she was like in lingerie. And I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. TLC. TLC, Salt and Pepper. Um, Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson on the beach. I remember that one. Oh, man. I think we got to cover. I Foo mean, fighters, I just Foo fighters in the on the plane. They were like they did the goofy stuff. Then the Blink One Eighty Two, where they're running like naked. Naked. They ran near you. Beastie Boys sabotage was a very iconic good video. one. Beastie um, Boys, that was a good one. There's a lot of them, man. There's uh, all of Mariah Carey's videos were always pretty intense in a good way you know yeah, yeah, they were always fantastic but mariah who we, i think we're forgetting somebody big we're forgetting right? a big there's some female artists that we're forgetting about i think we're forgetting some big ones i know yeah, we are but th- i think we got it covered don't you no no we <laughs> i think we missed <laughs> ready to move off this one <laughs> we missed it but this is good because then the people listening will they'll they'll hit us back like that's the good thing is when people remind like that's the great thing about the messaging people can hit you and be like nick you forgot this. you need to watch but you need to watch when you go home tonight. Watch a Aerosmith crazy video. It's a good video. It's a great video. Doc. You know what's, it was crazy is like so my our neighbors, um, I think their daughters like I don't know seventh grade. Okay, and they were all watching. They had an overnight, and so I you know you could hear the girls going. Okay, yeah. they're watching Clueless on a projector oh. against the house. Oh, a big projector nice. watching Clueless. Did you want to so go, girls? Girls that are between they're getting back sixth into grade it. and yeah you know high school i think we'll always like clueless and alicia silverstone forever i think it's the most girly girl movie yes there is. because i mean she was a she was a big because that was right during that time she alicia silverstone oh, was a huge star all the girls wanted to be her oh, they were man. all doing the clueless stuff they were doing the whatever yeah you know yes as if as if i forgot about that one that was as what they if. did that didn't that didn't so girls are bit girls well clueless is one of those movies that has survived for girls right for high for high school and teenage girls oh man but the crazy video did you have to shut the door (laughs) (laughs) what what i don't know how i feel right now i don't don't know know what is going on going on what's what's happening here i needed i needed to take a (laughs) moment and think about my life (laughs) okay I kind of feel like because I know your personality, you're going to include yourself in this one. Louie had such a good email that I emailed him back. Great question. Said, if all the players in Nebraska football history participated in a WWE, side note, I don't want to call it WWF. It's WWF for me. Still, yeah. Still. A WWF style battle royale. Who would win? Oh. And he also put, who would be the final 10 fighters? Oh. I think it's hard to find 10 is just a big number. I'll give you a couple. I, I know who I think would win. All right. I'll start with you. You tell me. Well, I at. think the first, I guess I maybe need to think about it more. The first name that came to my mind was Corey Schlesinger. Ooh, the battery. I just thought like, I think the most, the two most manly positions to me in football meet on an ISO. I think a fullback and a middle linebacker Ooh. are just ooze 
alpha male lion lion. I'm thinking of two older guys. Oh, you got Dutton. John Dutton is in the top two. Let me just tell you that right now. You have told me. You remember the sketch, Bill Brasky sketch? John Dutton should be. You Bill told me. You told me stories about John Dutton that just can't be true, but they must be true. Nick, he picked up a <laughs> not just a grizzly bear was trying to get into their cabin, and John Dutton went out there with a maybe it wasn't a grizzly bear, maybe it was a black bear. It was like a cub. Who knows? But he picked up it was like a, a rock. Lab. He picked up a big <laughs> rock. I'm telling you. And they he threw it at the bear and drilled him and sent the bear running. Like John Dutton is no joke. So you got Dut- Dutton's surviving. I have the first you know the first two that came to my mind. Who was the second one? Bob Brown. Oh. So Bob Brown's a Hall of Famer in college football, Hall of Famer in pro football. I think he was 1960. <sighs> Four or sixty-eight. I can't, I'm blanking. Maybe sixty-eight. Sir, I love you. You are just a Bob a Brown historian. So Bob Brown came and spoke to us once, and I kid you not. Six four two eighty. Six four two eighty in the sixties, Nick. And he was mean. When I say he was mean, he was mean on a level that people even in the eighties and nineties don't understand. He was just mean. And that made for good football players in the 60s. He was the first round. It was the second pick in the draft in 1964. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. Like yeah. He is the real deal. Um, okay. So he was an offensive tackle. He was a tackle. And Nick, he's the meanest guy. <laughs> like, he's probably a nice guy. Like, not. But on the field, I think he could probably be considered the meanest guy we've ever had. Wow. Good he told, pull. This is why he you're- told a story. He came and spoke to the team and he was telling about, he was talking about like, you know, he went out there to line up and the defensive end was, this was in the pros and they were like, Hey Bob, how's the family? And he said, F your mother, you know, like yeah, he's yeah. one of those guys. Right. Like he literally, and we all were sitting in our seats just like, Oh my God, Bob. Like we joked about Bob Brown the rest of the year. Cause we're like, nobody's meaner than Bob Brown. Like you don't want to mess with that guy. So Bob Brown, but that is a two, six, four, battle, 280 with no people didn't lift weights. There was no protein shakes. There was no it. like just meanness. He was just meaner just than you. Enormous. And in that ring, Nick, you want the meanest guy, right? I'll take Bob Brown. Okay. So John, John Dutton, Dutton and Bob, Bob Brown, Brown are finishing it. Okay. The other, I mean, I wrote down Schlesinger. I mean, I feel like you can include all fullbacks. Maybe I have like a fullback. Maybe secretly I have like I think a fullback. fullbacks are short though. I think those big dudes, you just fullbacks, but I don't know, yeah. little Schlesinger. He'd battering ram him. He remember, remember you pointed out he KO'd homeboy on the opening kickoff in the 94. Schlesinger's tough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't Sue. bet against him. Sue. Uh, what about yeah, Jason Sue. and Christian Peter? The Peter brothers would the be good psycho, in there. Like, just, they want to like Hannibal Lecter you. Those guys would be good in there. Wittstrom would be good in there. Okay, do you take yourself? You're a guy that's so confident in like... But I'd be way more strategic than the rest <laughs> of them. They'd You'd be make friends. You try to make friends with I'd Bob be, Brown. I'd be kind of just hiding out till the end. Then I'd go in and make my hay. Do you survive longer than Barrett Root? Yes. Oh, Between yeah. Barrett Root, oh yeah, I, Bo I, Bo Root, Barrett Root, Tom Root, John Root. I survive. You are you are the no last. No doubt. You're the last of the Roots. Of the I make seed it. Yeah. to carry up. Wow. I make it. Yeah. John Root on line two. I don't know. Hey, 
John Rude would be good. Too. John Rude would be pretty. He just he would just he would he 78 could, Oklahoma some people. He, he, That'd be yeah. John's. John would would play on the back, get off the ropes, and then but 78 you're, you're Oklahoma susceptible people. to being the ropes pulled down. You know, over <laughs> 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 That's John Rude's whole philosophy. It's just a 78 Oklahoma everybody. It's not a bad move. Well, I think because I had to Google him. I mean, Bob Brown might be my pick because you've talked me into him. Nick, he's he's mean. That's pretty good. He's mean in a good way. I like that. Uh, okay, a couple a couple other ones here. If your life was made into a movie, which actor would play you? Paul Newman. Paul Newman or Kevin Costner. Costner could do you pretty good. Those would be mine too. I wrote down Hillary Swank for obvious reasons. <laughs> Just because if she if she got oh, she people. cut her hair like mine people. and people look it up side by side it I'm telling you people side by side it's it. pretty it's pretty uncanny oh, man, man. I really want to meet her just to see if she would like I, I would have to think she would look at me and go like what is she from what? Nebraska that's the she was born in July I just looked it up because uh, it's always like I need to get. By the way, I did that whole like twenty three and me thing, That's and it came saying. back like it was a it was a faulty like like I didn't my spit wasn't right or I don't oh. know they were like they sent me another kit and I just haven't gotten around. There's to no it. one else like you. Yeah, they're like this guy's <laughs> from another planet. But uh, she was born July thirtieth, nineteen seventy four, in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we are identical, Nick. Nick, I don't know what's happening, but me and Hillary Swank somehow. Nick, I'm just saying, I need I I'm gonna end up in her like. I don't know, in her family reunion in some way, shape, or form. But Hillary Swank, for obvious reasons. I wrote down Jim Carrey because I feel like he could get my my Every, mannerisms. Everybody that I've ever met. So like it, it's it's not people that you know well. It's people that I kind of know outside of your or, yeah. orbit. And they meet you and they say, Jim Carrey. They say Will Smith. The Will Smith. Or they see they say Keenan Michael Key. That those I, are the three I always hear for you. I I. So the Will Smith thing is like wow, yeah, that's giving me way too much credit. Like Will Smith, especially Will Smith in the nineties, though. I yeah, think. but like yeah. Will was cool. Like in the Fresh Prince, he was yeah, like it was, cool. Yeah, but that's I mean, you're cool. See, I think most guys at Kansas would think I was more Carlton than I was like. Yeah, I'm. I mean, you're not Carl, but like, I'm not Will. Here's the at Kansas. You would you were willing to be goofy, be goofy. And, yeah. when guys okay, so were guys were a little uptight, so you'd be goofy. I heard so. I'd never really heard until I called a game this past year at Xavier and Lane Grindle. Lane told me he goes just just so you know you are Keegan Michael Key, and I, I was like. And it took me like hearing that to be like, oh, I can't. My wife said it when she saw him. She goes, kind of like Nick. And I go, yes. <laughs> Maybe that's a, if we hung out, I feel like the world would explode. You know, he kind of has a laugh too. Like the like, he's got a loud start, laugh, like, and he just like I kind of start laughing. I, I think he's a great guy. Uh, you like him, don't you? I do. Yeah. And then the last guy I wrote down for indulgent purposes because I can't believe Billy Bean can die a happy man. Because can do you understand how good it would feel? That is shows Brad Pitt. I mean, Brad, like imagine your life and the person that is cast to play you in the movie about your life is Brad Pitt. What was it? I think I was listening to um, some podcast. And they were talking about the making of 
Money Moneyball. And Billy Bean was saying how he's like, yeah, Brad wants to come over and meet you. And he said like his wife, his daughter and the nanny like all ran. They started putting on makeup. He said, yeah, like, There's an effect there. Oh, like, yeah. It's like you forget like it, when it happens, like it gets weird. Yeah. Like oh, the, I won't the name- girls lose their freaking minds. No doubt about it. So I wrote down Brad Pitt for indulgent purposes, but I, I, I'll give I think, you Brad Pitt. But I mean, Nick, just who, because Nick, who else would play you? Come on, it's got to be Brad <laughs> or Hillary Swank. One who of the two. Play you, man. Um, if you could bring back any TV show, which TV show would you choose? Bring back. Okay, so I'm thinking of. So it's hard as I think the Simpsons is still going, but we both feel from '93 to 2000 or '99 with the same writers. With the same writers, that would probably be my choice. But it's hard because that is still a currently ongoing show. So I want to eliminate that. Think about Seinfeld. Think about. I mean, Friends. Didn't they just do a Friends reunion yeah. on? But I don't HBO have HBO Max. I don't have that either. I but I, I want to watch it. I mean, between Seinfeld, Friends. I'd do Seinfeld but probably before Friends. Um, I would definitely do Seinfeld before Friends. And then... I wrote on The Office. I still feel, oh, I still feel like those characters were so well-defined. And Steve Carell is so good Steve, that you could just continue. Yeah. They could just literally still all be at Dunder Mifflin doing and and michael scott could still just be doing absurd things and the show i really feel like if you got all the writers back it would work right away well here's the thing is you got you got uh krasinski who is jim you got um rain wilson who's rain wilson's white true you got the nard dog who was uh help me with the name um oh god andy bernard is um I mean, this is this is what kills me is when I can't remember ridiculous. this. You got Pam. You got uh, Ed Helms. Ed Helms. Okay, but like between Helms, Krasinski, uh, Wilson, and uh, Michael Scott, what am I? Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Yeah, between those four guys, they all went on to like become like movie mega mega stars. mega stars. So you had four to five megastars minimum. And then everybody else is like became like semi-stars. Like it's just like if you brought them back, it would be huge, man. It'd be freaking huge. I was listening. To, so Krasinski was on Conan O'Brien's podcast. And and Krasinski said like if if everybody came back, he, w- he was like, I would do anything to get back to that. So basically, like I got the sense because there's some like I don't know if Carell would. I think Carell feels like uh, you don't. Sometimes you can't hard, go try to recreate when, it, yeah, and it's hard when you've done it. Like when you've done it, and there's hard, already an expectation yeah. level for it. Like, but I feel like those characters were so well defined and they were so iconic that you it would work. So mine would honestly oh, be the I, I. It's either Seinfeld or Office or. I, and I would choose Seinfeld or well, choose the office. Excuse me. I think I would, I, I agree with you. I take office over Seinfeld. Cause I think sorry, Seinfeld, Seinfeld be hard to redo because it's a different kind of show. It's a, it's a multi cam show where the office is like the, right. You know, the documentary style. Um, I think it plays to humor. But it would more. be funny though, to see how now a lot of this stuff already happens in Curb Your Enthusiasm because Larry David writes for it now. Yeah, but and it they would did like be, a fake Seinfeld reunion yeah. on Curb. But it would be funny to see Elaine, George, Kramer, and Jerry and their idiosyncrasies and issues with society and the little things that happen in yeah. today. 
because you know what I mean? This like, is the hard part about today. Like to to have a funny show today, it's like it's such a different world. Yeah. It's like you gotta have an approach. Um it's just so you just can't, like it's like it's such a different era of comedy because of like the the political climate and everything yeah. like it is it's touchy totally and so you either have to kind of go all over the top on it or it's like or you're kind of like i think it's hard to be funny i think it'd be tough <laughs> I, I think it'd be tough that's why i chose the office i mean even the office some of the early office episodes were kind of went there with certain things you're like oh i don't know in 2021 how that would kind of fly well, but you remember like diversity day <laughs> yeah I mean, diversity, like, I, diversity day was like whoa right like, but but that, but in some ways it was kind of like a i don't know it was in some ways, Steve Carell was understood. He was like, "What not to do?" That's why it's so good. That's though. why it worked. It and was I just, think it still works now because right. it's so good. Because it's so good. But but Seinfeld, it would be interesting to see how they would operate in this world. You know, yeah. It, the George complaining about like, so I DM this girl on Twitter. She comes back to me with an emoji. Well, what kind of emoji was it, George? It was, you know, like that would Kramer, be like, I'm stressed. Uh, I'm uh, really yeah. stressed. So, like, <laughs> it'd be funny to see what that kind of writing would be, but I'd still go in the office. I think the office, and don't sleep on Parks and Rec, dude. Parks and Rec's had a cast, too. That's true. You know, Chris Pratt became a, like, he's a big time movie star. And then you got, that's true. Amy Poehler, um, Aziz Ansari, you got, um, What's crazy is these Ron these, Swanson. These shows haven't gone off the, like The Office and and Parks and Rec didn't come off the air that long ago, relatively speaking. 2013, 2014-ish. That's yeah. not that long ago. No. So it's not like we're like it resurrecting feels like, like a long work time. and Mindy or something like that. You know that. what the, the difference is like it feel like so much has happened with like technology and just the platforms that it feels like 20 years ago. Because it was on cable TV, and now cable TV almost doesn't feel like it exists. Why don't shows? It seems like when I was growing up, all the successful shows, for the most part, were just about a family. Full House, Family Matters, Brady Bunch, Step by Step, Roseanne, Ro like it all. Like who's the boss? Um, you like. What there are a couple maybe of maybe it's just those have done so you've done so much of them that you can't do it anymore. But uh, it's a it's like that formula maybe has just been like beaten to death. It has been. It's been done. I don't think the I think there's always a place for it. Like I think there's always a place for sort of like easy to watch. Fresh Prince was another one of those basically a family. Is yeah, I mean they're easy to watch sort of like feel good shows. I think there's a, there should always be a place for it. I think so. I'm, I don't know about you, but like there's times in the last, uh, you know, 18 months where like you didn't want to watch heavy stuff. You didn't yeah. want to watch DB. Like you wanted to watch the lightest, like easy, easy going show in the world. Just because yeah. it's like, I, I want to be just, just let me, let me, let me escape for a little bit here. So I think there's a place, but Nick, I think you're right there. It doesn't, it's not an obvious. There's a couple, I think, shows like truly on cable that still do that, but like, so people on streaming and on, it's a different type it just, of that, that program. was the formula. Always. You always had three networks. Wonder Years. All that, like, it was like, they uh, are bringing out a, they're bringing back a new Wonder Years. Are they really? Yeah. With the narrator? Well, Daniel Stern was the narrator. 
Did you know that? Is he still? Yeah, he's still alive. I would assume he went too old. Okay, but yeah, the narrator. Like honestly, in some ways, the narrator made that show. Oh, he was great. It's incredible. Uh, all right, we're like ninety minutes in. We got to wrap this up here in a little bit. But I really wanted to ask you this question. This might be the last one, depending on how this goes. You can pick three companions during a zombie apocalypse. Apocalypse. So a zombie apocalypse, World War Z type thing breaks out. Okay. Wow. What would be the professions of the three companions? Okay. There's a zombie apocalypse. Because the first thing I thought about was a doctor. But oh. a do- is a doctor really going to help you in a zombie apocalypse? Probably not, but a doctor's never a bad thing, a bad dude to have around you. Um, I'm gonna take Schwarzenegger from Commando just because he'll he'll mow him down with machine guns. Okay. Oh, so you went like specific I, first thing I wrote down then a Navy SEAL. Okay, so we can't do like fake guys. Yeah, we're not doing like <laughs> give me Jack Bauer. I'll take Jack Bauer. I thought we were going fake guys. Okay. It might be better to go fake guys, but I wrote down Navy SEAL. I think if you take three Navy SEALs, is, aren't you doing your job? Like, But is it, I mean, probably, I guess. Or, or maybe somebody that can. Uh, I wrote down a pilot. Huh? Never know if you get to a plane, you got you to gotta get the, out of there. So I wrote down, I wrote down Navy SEAL so you, pilot. So you thought about this. Though. I thought about this for like 15 minutes. Okay. Because I'm, I'm struggling right now. Okay. Navy, you, went, you went Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Not where my mind I went. I went to commander. You, you went a guy with a machine, machine gun. I went guns. Navy SEAL pilot. And then I wrote doctor slash comedian. Do you need <laughs> as though, because let's be honest, at some point it's probably going to be over. Like, do you kind of need Kevin Hart with you? Like, no, no. I was no. Like, like, do you want Kevin Hart making jokes? Do you want Dave Chappelle with you? Do you want Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, so you, are you saying you're going to die? So you just want to. I mean, the reality is like at some point, it's probably all going to come to an end. See, I'm probably. Or do you need to find, you know, on World War Z, Brad Pitt, told, you needed someone that was like a, you know, a vaccine. They needed to yeah. figure out like a scientist. Like, do you need the a scientist. scientist? You need the scientist. So Navy SEAL. Do you like my pilot thing in case you need to? I mean, because at some point you got to get in the air. Um, It's pretty specific. I mean, you got three choices. <laughs> So pilots, maybe two. Like, one I'd, like, dimensional. I'd like an astronaut in case I'd I like have a, a chef. Ship. I want a chef. <laughs> I'd like a breakfast chef because I really like breakfast. You can't get anything but omelets and waffles. And I'd, like a, I'd like the. Uh, <laughs> I'd like the the uh, technician for a nuclear uh, submarine. Like, one thing. Do we want that? So maybe pilots too. I mean, I was envisioning us just just flying well, away. Yeah, come places. down somewhere. So yeah. <laughs> There's a finite amount of gas. Man. So apparently, I'm having a, a Navy get a SEAL. Gas man, get a gas man. And... I need a gas man, a pilot, and a, and a flight attendant. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm just flying <laughs> different places. That's all I'm doing. But Navy SEAL pilot and like Dave Chappelle. I'll give you that. You want Schwarzenegger? Some give me scientists? Three, give me or three you want... killers? Just give me three. Killers. Yeah, you probably. I mean, the reality is you probably go Navy SEAL, Rambo Navy SEAL, two, Navy SEAL. I want Rambo from Rambo Two, Schwarzenegger from Commando. And uh, who's the other biggest badass? Liam Neeson from Taken. Yeah, we'll take him. <laughs> in case I get taken by the zombies, he can come find me. He's got skills. <laughs> How many people did Liam Neeson kill in Taken? I mean, it's in the 60s, probably. I mean, he was just killing He's over people. 30. I can tell you that. It's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. I got a daughter now, so I get it. 
I will kill. Very particular set of skills. I will kill. I will kill you. I mean, do we call it there? I mean, we're we're an hour and a half into this thing before we. Well, I mean, you're. I got one more drink. You got one little tiny. Cheers. Cheers. We'll First wrap it up. official video wine pod. Done. They got a little drunk once we once we went Frank Solich hieroglyphics and oh, someone digging up things. Everything kind of eroded. Well, we find those people like that the most. I guess so. I don't know. I mean, we also talked about belly. We had a belly session too, which is good. People have been underestimating the belly of like. Well, here's the thing. We need to wrap this up because what people need to do right now after this video ends is they need to go stay on YouTube and Google Aerosmith crazy. Like right now. A Huda Media Production.